that they're important too. The word of God will reach you no matter where you are. God loves you that much that he created Facebook for the church. People are using it for other stuff, but God created it for his will. <laughs> and so, and so, Facebook viewers, um, we've been studying um, the faithfulness of God, and we have a theme scripture. It's on the wall. Last week, God gave me a word for the church, and we began teaching um, about God is in, put the faithfulness in that. We said, put the faithfulness of God in that and I don't know what your that is but we were teaching on putting the faithfulness of God in that how many of you can use God's faithfulness in that there is something that you need to put in so we didn't get a chance to finish and God told me to come back with part two so we're gonna uh, put the faithfulness in that too all right because some of you got more than one that. All right. So if, if, if you weren't here last Wednesday, I, I, I believe it's going to really, really encourage you um, in whatever area of your life you're at right now. I believe that this word um, will really bless your life. Um, <clears throat> today, today we're going to um, say our theme scripture together. Did the kids memorize that? And a child shall lead them. There's nothing better than memorizing the word. Now, you know if you can memorize those hip-hop songs and those love ballads from back in the day. You know, some of you, a song could come on that played 20 years ago, and you got all of it. Always and forever. Now, <laughs> y'all can kick right on in. You know it. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's try and get the word written in your heart so that you, you, know, you know, use the word. And once it gets in your heart, you'll use it even without um, realizing you're using it. All right, let's, let's read the word of God together. Therefore, now wait a minute, that's some deep stuff, all right? That's God's promise to you, all right? He says, therefore, no. How many of you know it? He said, know that the Lord, your God, tell your neighbor, he's your God too. And then it says, the faithful God. Mm-hmm. Who keeps a promise. Yeah. When God makes a covenant, that's a promise that could never be broken. And he says, for those, he said for a thousand years, but, but for those who love him. How many of you love him? He says, so after you're gone, he's going to keep his word a thousand generations. So children's, 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 children. Children's, children's, children. So, so if you love God and keep his commandment, the blessings will hit your great, 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 grandchildren. Isn't that good, some good stuff? Go ahead and tell them you love them. I love you. 
Amen. Amen. All right, I'll turn to the book of Psalm, the, the longest chapter, 119, in the Bible. I'm going to read all of it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Psalms, um, let's get there. <laughs> Ooh -wee. Psalms 118, verse number 89. Psalms 119, I'm sorry. Psalms 119, verse number 89. Beginning at 89. And I'll read to 176. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Psalms 119, verse 89. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for leading us in worship. For your word has taught us that in order to worship you, we must worship you in spirit and in truth. So, Lord, thank you for holding back every spirit that is not of the truth. That we were able to experience your spirit without restriction. That we worshiped you and glorified you, Lord, through the gift of song. Thank you for the children, Lord, that led us this morning and now your words teaches us that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword so come and carve us with your word so that we'll be shaped into being a reflection of who you are help us lord to come into a oneness with you. Take every thought captive that we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Lord, we are the church. So Lord, break down every wall of separation like you brought down the walls of Jericho that we may experience you together, that you will be glorified and we will be edified. We give all thanks to you. And as I stand here, Lord, I tremble, knowing that I'm not worthy, but you chose me. So consecrate me that I may be fit to be used this day and we promise to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Whew. The psalmist writes in this very, very long chapter, he writes from the meditation of excellence, 
and he's talking about the word of God. And I want to pick it up at verse number 89. And let's <clears throat> and it reads. Forever, O Lord. Your word. Is settled. In heaven. Your faithfulness. Endures to all generations. I got to pause for a minute and let you know his faithfulness is in this generation, too. It doesn't matter how wild, wicked and perverted the generation gets. God will remain faithful. Therefore, we ought to talk about God instead of what's going wrong in the world. If we talk more about the faithfulness of God, it will run out all the other stuff that's going on. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Now, here we go. You establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances. For all are yours, are your servants. For all, not some, are your servants. Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I'm going to pause right there and say, please, and you won't work. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Say that again. Say it with me. I am yours. Say it with me again. I am yours. One more time like you mean it. I am your. Amen. Save me for I have sought your precepts. The wicked waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimony. I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Amen. Looking back at verse 89 and 90, it says, Forever, O Lord, forever, O Lord. Say forever. forever. Oh, Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures, 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 endures to all generation. You established the earth and it abides. I want to use as a topic. He remains faithful. I want, I want you to just look at somebody and tell them he remains faithful. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what they said about it, it does not change the character of God. He remains faithful. You may be seated. I want you to really get that in your spirit 
because time after time after time, time after time, the church has been guilty of not believing God. We say we believe him when everything looks good. When we can come to church and go out to eat after church and go home and watch a little TV and get ready for work the next day. We get caught up in rituals and it becomes all good and we can believe God when it's all good. And then they tell you you don't have a job and all of a sudden you want to believe them. And then they tell you they're going to turn your lights off and all of a sudden you want to believe them. And, you, and then and the thing about believing them is like it's okay if they turn the lights off. Because you, you have the light in you. And that can never be turned off. Sometimes God will allow the house to get dark so you can light it up. See, you have to understand that God has a plan. And his plan has to be executed. And you cannot stop God's plan from flowing in your life. God does not base what his faithfulness on you. God is going to be faithful, faithful regardless of you. God wants you to be faithful like he is faithful. That's why in Genesis he says, I created you for a purpose and your purpose is to be a reflection of who I am. In other words, when you look in the mirror, you ought to not see you. You ought to see the Christ in you. And when you look in that mirror and see the Christ in you, you will get happy about the Christ that's in you and begin to worship what is inside of you rather than putting makeup on what's on the outside of you. Brothers, I know we don't put on makeup, but we'll stand in the mirror and admire ourselves, and some of us will talk to ourselves. Don't I look good? <laughs> but God wants you to look beyond yourself because it's no longer about you. This is about him. And so he, he uses the writer today, and David, he, he writes from a perspective of telling God how faithful he is. And in order for us to understand how faithful God is, we are going to have to understand his word. So in John chapter one, it says that he is the word. And if God is the word, we want to make sure that we read who he is. And some of us, won't read who he is. So he says, I get that. I established a church so the ones who don't read or can't read can come and hear the word of God. And when you hear the word of God, it gives you an increased measure of faith. So God gives you a measure of faith according to Romans 12 and 3. He gives you a measure. 
And then according to Romans 10, he says, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that when you feel faithless, you hear the word of God, you'll just mess up and become faithful. Because the word of God is more powerful than you. Truth be told, most of us would have quit a long time ago if it was up to us. Somebody say, but God. But God, who is faithful, when you are faithless, he shows up and shows you how faithful he is. This God, it says he is forever faithful over his word. His, somebody shout his word. So then... He says that Jesus is the word. And so he has a problem because if Jesus is the word and he needs to take ownership of you, then he needs to put word inside of you. So while the people were full of sin, he who knew no sin, Jesus, the word became sin and took a beating for us and suffered for us. And while he yet suffered, there were some folks that tried to get him to quit his suffering. And one of them told him, if you're really the king, take yourself down from the cross. Haven't you met some folks? while you're going through your cross experience to tell you, oh, you ought not let that happen to you. You ought to give them a piece of your mind. You ought to quit. You ought to do this. You ought to do it. Folks will try to talk you out of your cross because most of us don't like the cross. But the cross is necessary for you. In order to reign with Christ, Paul says we have to suffer with him. But through your suffering, God is up to something for you. When you can't do it is when God shows up and he does it. But if you could do everything, then why would you need to depend on a God who is over everything? So God will always keep you depending on him. And the moment you get so full of yourself, he will take you through an experience so that you would have to depend on him again. And so David says he, his word. Well, what did, I, I have a question for you. What did God say about your situation? See, sometimes we don't know that God has already made a promise so that you will never fail. You might fall, but you'll never fail. Because greater who is in you than he who is in the world. See, sometimes we quote the scripture without even really um, stepping into what the scripture really means. The scripture means stop talking about yourself and your experience. 
Talk about what's dwelling on the inside of you. The more you talk about it, the bigger it gets. See, because it's called amplified praise. Don't talk about what is disturbing you. Talk about who is glorifying you. When you begin to talk about the trouble, it holds back the power of God that is in you. But when you start talking about Jesus, somebody, when you start talking about Jesus, what, look, look, when you start talking about Jesus, that changes everything. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. So, so Jesus is the word. And the word is God. And the word was God. He is the word. And now the word dwells in you. Um, Jeremiah 1 and 12. It says, then the Lord said to me, says Jeremiah, you have seen well. For I am ready. Somebody saw God's ready. God's ready. See, 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 sometimes people say God's getting ready. No, no, God don't have to get nothing. God's got it. All right? People say, oh, God's getting ready to really bless you. No, he's not. He already blessed me. And he's ready to bless me some more. He ain't got to get ready. He got to get us ready. See, and when God gets you ready, it doesn't look the way you think it should look. God, listen, God, God has a plan for you and God has to perform his word in your life. God spoke a word over you before you got here. He called you his child. He called you his chosen. And no matter how much you got into that wasn't like him, God set a day aside that his word would come and reach you no matter how far down in the garbage. It wasn't too far down for God to reach down, pull you out and clean you up from whatever you was into. God transformed you by his word. He, I, I want you to understand that this isn't really about you. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. This, this is not really about what you could do. Yeah, I know you can rub two nickels together and get a dime, but this isn't about what you could do. It's not about how intelligent you are and how well you could do this or that. Uh, a lot of you are gifted and very gifted at that. And the gift is not your gift. It's a gift from God that is operating inside of you. Oh, goodness. You have to understand that every good and perfect things come from God. And God has delivered gifts to you. He doesn't want you to get so focused on the gift that you forget about the God. Sometimes we, 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 we talk about all the stuff that's going on in our life. Oh, I'm going through this. Oh, I'm going through that. Well, keep going. <laughs> if you're going through it, this is a word for those of you looking for a word. Keep going. As long as you have faith, you'll keep going. Without faith, you'll be like a car stuck in the mud, pressing on the gas pedal and going nowhere. But the moment you believe you can go, you'll just begin to take off. Somebody shout, I believe. I believe. 
So then, so then we, we talk about these things and excuses. It says no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to who? So everything that you have experienced in your life, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, no matter what it is, God said, it's a common thing for man. Now check out what he said. But God, what? But what? Wait, wait, now check this out. It says, you go through all this stuff. It doesn't say, but you can get yourself out. It doesn't say, but I can call another brother or sister. But wait, watch what it says. It says, but God is faithful. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, some stuff we got into by ourselves. Some stuff we got into because of some friends we hung out with. Some stuff we got into because we seen the practice of it and thought we might like it too. Can we tell the truth? Some stuff was just passed down to us. Let me share something with you. God says, I'm so faithful that everything that was passed down to you, the moment you say, yes, Lord, I broke the curse. So stop listening to the lie that the enemy wants to tell you that your past has some power over you when a faithful God delivered you from your past and brought you to a present moment so that you can experience his presence. God is all about bringing you closer to him. No way will he allow a curse to stay on you after he has blessed you. When God blesses you, it's a done deal. Hey, I want the blessed people to give God a shout of praise. God said he's so faithful that he will make a way for you to escape. Even when it looks like there is no way. Somebody shout the word. Now, if God said it, he meant it. And if God said he's going to make a way, then you ought to be focusing on God because he's a way maker. He, he has a good resume. He brought you out of this, that, and the other. The stuff he brought you out, you went back to. But because he's faithful, he's faithful. Even when you go back to being what you're not supposed to be. Because you listen to your thoughts too long. I, you know, the church got to stop thinking so much. Do you know you think yourself into trouble? You, you, some trouble happened and you sit there and think about it. <laughs> Mama Nim, Mama Nim used to call that stewing. You sit there and just stew over it. 
It's like, it's like, you know how you make stew one day, but the next day you sit there and everything sink in and it just tastes so much better. When you start stewing on ugly, ugly get better. Somebody said, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about that. Every time you start thinking about how much this was wrong and how they did this and they did that, you get mad, upset. Sometimes you get acid reflux, uh, have to go to get on Prilosec, or you all kind of stuff. When you are just one move away from being free and happy and saying, God is going to make a way out of this just like he made a way out of that. And so I'm just going to praise God until he makes the way because I know that the way is already met. I'm just going to praise him so he can lead me to what he's already done. Is there anybody here that's ready to follow after a God who has given you every promise? Yeah. A lot of time we hold stuff that hinders us. So, so the second point, so his word is the key point. The second point I want to give you is uh, you have to understand that if not you that needs to get it done. Tell your neighbor, say, God's got this. God has got this. No matter what this looks like, if you can believe he has it, he'll take care of it. The issue is, we'll give it to him one moment and take it back to the next moment. So, so wait a minute. God says, you don't belong to you anymore. According to 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, God says he purchased you. You belong to him now. The way you function should be the way he wants you to function. You have a new operating system inside of you. You belong to God. He says, <clears throat> or do you not know? In other words, don't act like you're slow. <laughs> Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. David said, if I delight in pleasing myself, I would be dead. So when God saves you, he says, no longer try to please you, but please him. So he gives you faith because according to um, Hebrew eleven six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how many of you want to please God? So in order to please God, you've got to give everything to God. First Peter 5 and 7 says, cast your cares. The moment something goes wrong, we start talking, about, I ain't putting up with this. I'm about to do X, Y, and Z. Really? You don't even belong to you and you're talking about what you're about to do. 
And what you do gets you in more trouble. But if you understand that everything that happens in your life, that God has orchestrated a plan for victory for you. And if you stick to the plan, although it looks dark, God is going to make it look better than you can ever dream for it to look like. God has a plan to work it all out for the good, no matter how bad it looks. He says he will work it out for the good of if you love him. Is there anybody in here that loves God? So then God says, can I trust the ones that love me? And then he allows things to happen in your life so that he could show up in your life. God is not punishing you because bad things are happening in your life. God is producing a greater you. God is changing you so that you can be more like him. Yeah, they messed up on you so that you can learn how to forgive the way he forgives you. Yeah, they lied on you so you can learn how to reinstate them like he reinstated you. Yeah, they left you, but he can learn how you can learn how to redeem them like he redeemed you when you left him. Somebody shout, God is good. He said, he said, when you hit what hurt, it's not meant for you to keep it. He says, you're a reflection of me. So when I hit you with hurt, give me your hurt. She said, well, why he got to give me hurt? Because that's part of his system. If he never would have allowed hurt to hit you, how would you know that he's a healer? He says, can I trust you? with what I've given you, that you would just give it back to me. See, we wait, we wait until Sunday before we'll give God a crazy praise. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes you can go to a, a game and you can give them a praise and they didn't wake you up in the morning. They didn't feed you. But all they did was take your money at the door. And you give them praise. And then come to church and say, well, it doesn't take all that. Well, David said, I love God so much that before I go to war, I'm going to dance out of my clothes. And I don't care who's looking. Let them call me crazy. Because I'm crazy about the faithful God that did not destroy me when I did wrong. That blessed me everywhere I went. That's been with me from the day I came into this world. If you believe that God has been faithful over your life, you ought to give him a faithful praise for remaining faithful. Oh, goodness. He, Second Timothy 2.13, and we're going to go home. Second Timothy 2.13. Second Timothy. 
2 Tim 2.13. 2 Timothy 2.13. Okay. 2.13. Said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And then it says why. It says because he cannot deny who he is. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If he cannot deny who he is and he gave us his spirit so that now we become his offspring, then how, do, how then is it that we can deny who we are? <sighs> so then, he says, that's because we become faithless. In the moment, under pressure, we become faithless. Well, preacher, no, we don't. Well, okay, Peter, because <laughs> Jesus was trying to explain to Peter that you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crowed. Jesus was even creating language. He said thrice. He said, you're going to deny me, disown me, and desert me. And Peter said, no, I won't. The other 11 might, <laughs> but I won't. Have you ever promised God you wouldn't do it? But in a moment of weakness, in a moment of weakness, the very thing we said we would not do, we did anyway. You know, God is so awesome. He said that in the moment that you became faithless, I became faithful. He says, your faithlessness gave opportunity for me to prove how faithful I was. He says, I can't change. I'm going to be full of faith, whether you believe it or not. And God is so awesome that he stays so full of faith that he will bring you to his house today to help you understand that no matter how faithless you get, he's always going to remain faithful in you. And here's some breaking news. For those of you that think you got the power, he's more powerful than all of us. And he's dwelling on the inside of you. It's, he, the Bible says it's like yeast. You put the yeast in the dough. And you cannot stop the dough from rising. You can sit on it. You can bend on it. But as soon as you get off of it, the dough is coming up. 
No matter what happens, you might not see how it's working. You may never understand how it works. But God has put something inside of you that when you get faithless up in your mind, he will gain faithful in your heart so that you will never lose while you're in the kingdom of God. No matter what you get yourself into, God is so faithful that he will always bring you out and win and win and win. Somebody shall win. And when you come out, you're going to be so much better than you were when you first went in. I want to talk to the people who love better. I want to talk to the people who understand better. Preacher, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, that all sounds good. But, you know, I'm from Missouri. You're going to have to show me something. Well, a word came to Joseph when he was in his teens. And God said, I'm moving you here. And the next move, it wasn't here, but it was under the ground. Oh, goodness. Oh, wait a minute. I want to talk to the folks that seen Oh, let me let me share something with you. You won't be in the hole long if you can see yourself out of the hole. Oh goodness. Now now get there. Joseph never complained about where he was because he knew that God was faithful. He's faithful over his word, and he's spoken word over you. He says, I've given you the victory in every area of your life. They sold him next. They sold him into slavery. Wait a minute. They did this to him? Now they did that? Somebody say, but God. The Bible says, but God was with him. So they accused him of something he never did and put him in jail. The Bible says, but God was. So then he brings him out of jail and promotes him to be in charge of everything. But he had to go through some things to get to it. Now here's the thing. Sometimes we go through stuff and we hold people hostage, mad over what happened. Well, they shouldn't have did it to me. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> when people come to this ministry and tell me how they got hurt in the other one, I get a big smile. You wanna know why? Because it took hurt to get you from there to here. And I love that you're here because God told me to love his people. And so I got to get happy no matter what circumstance it was because I know God was in it. When you know God is in it, you can be happy no matter what it is. 
I want you to just thank God for everybody who done you wrong. Let's take a 10, 10 minute second, 10 seconds of praise, 10 seconds of, uh, no, no. I want you to thank God for the ones that did you wrong. Just give them a thank you praise. Hold up a minute, hold up a minute, hold up a minute, hold up a minute. Check this out, check it out. Now, now, now check it out. Joseph would never have become king if he wasn't done wrong. And I tell you, God has stopped blaming people for do you wrong. If David got to be where he was, and God has promises on your life to raise you up. Then if I said, thank God for the ones that did you wrong. Thank you, God. <laughs> Wanna know why? Because you didn't mean it. <laughs> but when you get revelation. <laughs> man, I thank God. For everyone that lied to me. I thank God for all the ones who told me that I would amount to nothing. I thank God for the one who sold me the first joint. Let me tell you, because if he wouldn't have got me on drugs, then I wouldn't know that God is a deliverer. My, oh, oh God. Oh, oh. what it feels like to be done wrong because when God started doing me right, I had a reference point that I could pray on God. He, he won't quit. He can't quit you. So next time, it hurts. Women, I know you can relate to this. Next time it hurts, know that the labor is not in vain. That God is birthing something through the pain that you go through. God is birthing something. And when it's all done, just like you get joy when you see the baby, whatever God produces in your life, you'll have the joy because he's in charge of a production in your life. Everybody, rest to your feet. I understand now why Jesus could have come down from the cross. But he said, if I come down from this cross, Felix won't praise me like he 
is gonna praise me. Because, see, 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 you gotta get this and make it personal. Because God's out to produce salvation through you. That's why he saved you. We jump and shout, oh, I'm saved. And then we sit our little self down and say, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy life. Enjoy life? What is life? But to give your own life for somebody else. And God says, let me, can I trust you that I can show myself through your life? 